You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yes, I am homegrown. I don't know what that means. I wasn't born in the church, but I was, you know, I'm, I'm you know... I was born in England, yes, so I am homegrown to a certain extent, but it's good to be here this evening, isn't it, church? It's really great to be here. I love evenings such as this, you know, it's so good for us to celebrate the diversity within our church, and it's my honor for the next few minutes just to share a few things from the Word of God. You know, we're a growing church here at CLM. God is doing amazing things here in this church, and I'm excited to be part of it, but what I love is that we're not just a growing church but we're a church that represents many nations and backgrounds. We're a church with over 40 different nationalities. You know, this is something we must celebrate, amen? We must celebrate this and take time. And I just wanna talk briefly today about something that may be familiar with a lot of you, but it's good to be reminded of some of these things, isn't it? I wanna talk today about the importance of being in Christ, to be in Christ. Why don't we all say in Christ? The importance of being in Christ. In the New Testament, and specifically when we read the epistles of the Apostle Paul, we see this reoccurring theme of in Christ in his writings to the church. It's like Paul is reminding the churches of their new identity in Jesus and the position that they have now in him. See, the gospel has changed our status. Our status has been changed. And this is what we would call participatory theology, meaning somehow what Jesus has done, he's taken us from somewhere and he's brought us into him. He's brought us into him. This is an amazing thing. It's an absolutely amazing thing. Only Jesus can do this. But what does that mean for us today in the context of what we're celebrating this evening? Well, just to unpack this a little bit more, I've got three things I want to share with us today. As we talk into this this great evening of celebration of all nations, and I pray that they bless you and The three things about us being in Christ is this. Firstly, to be in Christ means to be united with Jesus. It means to be united with Jesus. To be in Christ is to be one with him. Now, there are many things that we gain because of this, but the one thing that we really get out of this is there are a number of things, but it's reconciliation with God. Jesus brings us closer to God, brings us to God. He gives us access. What he's done for us through his death burial and resurrection is that he's provided access for all people of all nations to believe in his name. Ephesians 2.18, this is what Paul says. He says, for through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Meaning that to be in Christ or through him, we enjoy the benefit of a relationship with God now. And he says that we both have access. It's interesting he uses the word we both have access. Who are the both? Well, the both is, well, the Ephesians who, were, who, were, who were, were considered foreigners, they were Gentiles, and the other people are himself, Paul, who was a Jew. And what he's saying is we both now have access to God through Christ. We both have this access. There is now no limitation. Our status has changed. Their new identity in Christ means that they can come freely to the Father as a child of God. And this is the power of what Christ has done for us today, church. This is what he does for us. And it's worth celebrating, Amen. We celebrate the fact that Jesus has made a way when there was no way for all nations to come and worship him. That we can come now through him and worship an almighty God. Grace has been extended to all. Now we're now living in the day of the days where God's spirit has been poured out on all flesh. 
That's what it says in Acts 2, that, that, that that's the spirit on the day of Pentecost was called out on all flesh. That means all people, every single people, every single person who would call upon the name of Jesus. It's unrestricted access. And God has given his Holy Spirit to all those that would accept the message of the gospel. The psalmist writes this, he says in Psalm 86, verse 9, all the nations you made will come and bow before you, Lord. They will praise your holy name. And today we're living in these times that God, Jesus, has brought us close to God and that we can worship him. You know, whether we're from Kenya, yep, whether we're from Uganda, whether we're from India, yeah, well, no, I'm homegrown, sorry. Whether we're from Pakistan, Poland, England, America. Oh yeah, sorry, I should have stopped there, shouldn't I? Wales, yeah. There's a Welsh person at the back of the room. Whether we're from Scotland, yes. Wherever it is we're from, Brazil, Portugal, yes, or Australia, yeah, come on. Get in there, Mike Foster's. <laughs> in Christ, we're brought near to God. Isn't that an amazing thing, church? Isn't it great to see how God has impacted people from different nations? and drawn them into a relationship with him today. And we've been worshiping today that God is great. And I love the fact that we had, I think it was like an African type worship song because this shows what Jesus is doing in the nations. He's drawing people to him from different places. You know, I love it because it shows that salvation is reaching the ends of the earth. And this is what being united with Jesus does for us. He brings us close to God. Secondly, to be in Christ means to be united with God's people. To be united with God's people. You know, we're united with him, but it also means to be in the body of Christ. You see, if we say we're in Christ, sometimes we can think, well, that means, yes, it's just me and Jesus, and, 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 I, and I have a relationship with God. But actually, you can't be in Christ without being connected to the body. It's a two-way thing. You know, you're in Christ. Yes, you are. You are with Jesus. You're in relationship with him. And through him, you have access to the Father. But also, it means you're connected to the people in the body. It is the head and its members. So we're, to be in Christ means that we're also to be part of a people. We can't be in Christ without, be, without the people in the body. Again, referring to what it says in Ephesians, Paul talks about this. He says, Christ's purpose was to create a new humanity out of the two people, being the Gentiles and the Jews, like I talked about earlier. And Jesus came to, to destroy the dividing walls of hostility. So what that means is this. This is so important for us to grasp, church, because what this shows is that our cultural differences, our expectations and backgrounds, whilst they're important, ultimately the most important thing for us to understand is this, that we are one people. We, have, we are one people in Jesus. That's what we're celebrating today. And there shouldn't be anything that divides us. You know, and, and in our own cultures, these are great cultures, by the way. You know, I love seeing these stands. It's amazing. Or our upbringing. We need to be aware that there can maybe, though, sometimes be these, these internal walls that need breaking down in our own self, especially in the body of Christ. You know, if you look at me, you've probably noticed I am Indian. If you haven't noticed, then, you know, well, I'll pray for you later. But I... <laughs> I am Indian, I was born in England, but I'm from, my, my origin is India. That's where I'm originally, my family were from. 
And coming from an Indian background, there sometimes could have been a pressure on me or an expectation on me to live or be in a certain way. You know, that's just some of the things that are part of our culture. You know, growing up, I, I felt a cultural pressure, and it might not just be only Indian culture, but I felt a cultural pressure to get a good career, you know, to do well, you know. There is this kind of pressure that you have to get a good job, you know, this respect comes out of getting a good job. You know, realistically, I had four career choices growing up. I was either gonna be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant or a failure. <laughs> you know, it was, it was either one of those. You know, my mum often said to me growing up, John, you are going to be a lawyer. You are going to be a lawyer. I think the first words of the baby that I had wasn't mama, dada, it was lawyer. <laughs> it was lawyer, yes, 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 lawyer. You know, my mum didn't go around, when, when, I believe when she was pregnant with me, maybe this is what happened. You know, when people ask, what are you expecting? I think she was saying, I'm expecting a lawyer. <laughs> a boy or a girl, it doesn't matter, it's going to be a lawyer. There's a little lawyer inside of me that's waiting to come out and take over the world. My mum isn't that bad, by the way, she's actually here. So. <laughs> I'm only joking, Mum. <laughs> she's filming it because she's going to use it against me, I think. <laughs> but you see, I'm actually, there's a point here to this. See, our background or culture, they can, they can mould and shape us based, you know, based on what we've been brought up in to believe something about a certain way of living. And that's okay and sometimes... But, you know, sometimes we can be fixated on this too much. You know, I realized that growing up, I probably asked a lot of people, you know, what job do you do? It's one of the first questions you ask, what do you do for a living? We're so interested in these social things, aren't we? These social definitions. And I'm not saying it's bad to have a good career. I'm not saying that. It's a good thing. But we shouldn't be fixated on them. Our value should not be in these things. It's not, that isn't where our sense of worth is found. You know, and we can even have natural defaults in place that divide us because of these things. You know, we sometimes gravitate to people who would match our own social status. People that we say, oh, you know, they're on my intelligence level. They're the type of people I would hang around with. And sometimes that can restrict us from being open to other people. This can even happen in the church. But church, we have to be open to mixing with different backgrounds. Yeah? Because we're one people. Jesus has made us one. Amen? We are one people. Now, before I was a Christian, I would say I very much gravitated towards people of my own background. You know, I, I was around an Asian culture. I was, most of my friends from university growing up were, were Asian people. Now, that, that's just what I was used to. But when I accepted Jesus and joined CLM, and when I moved into being in Christ, God completely changed my thinking. You know, like now I, I mix with people of different nations. I love it. I'm proud that I have connections with people of different nations in the body of Christ. You know, it's, it's amazing. My best man on my wedding day was, was, was an Englishman, you know? This is what God does. You know, I wasn't bothered about people's jobs or this or that. It became irrelevant because we're one. Yeah. We're one people yeah. in Christ. I'll even go one step further. Before I was a Christian, I believed very much that I would marry an Indian girl. Right. Yeah, because, because that was my background. That was ex probably expected of me in some way, you know? Probably people would have thought, you know, that's the culture I was from. That's the path that most people in my family took. You know, this is, this is what I would have expected for myself, but, but God had a different plan for me. Yeah. You know, five years ago, if you'd have told me to show you on a map where Romania was in the world, I would have struggled. <laughs> I'd be like, Romania, never heard of it. I don't know where it is. And yet, four months ago, yeah. I, 
our married Mrs. Doris Chand. You know, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? You know, my Romanian counterpart, wow. Why did this happen? Because in the body of Christ, Jesus breaks down these dividing walls. He, he, there is no distinction. Now, it's like we're all one. Yes, we're from different backgrounds, but he brings people together. We see people in a different light, and we don't see the cultural boundaries anymore. See, our identity is in Christ. Now, I'm not saying that you should be coming here today looking for a husband or a wife. That's not the message that I'm trying to, trying to preach to you today. Although you may find, you know, you, you may find the person you're looking for. But the point is this, our identity is in Christ. And that should be the first thing that we see. I love what it says in Galatians 3 verse 28. This is what it says. This is what Paul says. He says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. Wow. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. I love that verse, it's amazing. When, when we see that we're firstly one people in Jesus, you know, when we see that, this naturally leads to unity. Yeah. We, we, we become unified because we don't see the nation or status or background of a person. It creates a kingdom culture, that we're one people. We're called to live at a better standard, one which is gracious and forgiving. Just wanna clarify this as well. Unity does not mean uniformity. You know, uniformity would say that we're all identical, we're all the same, and that we all have to be the same. No, no, we all have different roles, and we all have different roles. We have different ways of doing things, and that's good. You know, but they all come together to serve and be part of one body. Yeah. That's the whole point: is that it all comes in together to serve one body, and that's what we're celebrating today—the diversity in our oneness. Yeah. That we're a diverse body, but we are one at the same time. Our individuality is important, and we should embrace each other's cultures, but we're also aware that our individuality doesn't make us any better than anyone else. We're all part of one body. Finally, my last point, in Christ also means that we're united in mission. We're united in mission. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, when we're in Christ, we're, we're also called to be those who take the message of the gospel to other people. This is part of what it means to be in Christ, to make disciples. We have an outward-looking church. We're, we're missionally focused. You know, we want to see that there are more people to be added into the church. Being in Christ and being one people doesn't mean that we're now an exclusive club. You know, it doesn't mean, oh, this is it now, we're one people and we want to keep it. You know, we want to restrict the numbers down. That isn't what it's about. But we want to be inclusive, don't we? We want to be inclusive. That welcomes all people. This is the model that we see in the early church in the book of Acts. And I think the mandate needs to be the same with us today. The same mandate. Now, wouldn't it be amazing if in one year's time, when we did another international evening, we could say, you know, we don't have over 40 nations here represented, we have over 60. You know, because more people have been added, because more people, we've, we've took the mission statement that Jesus gave us seriously and we've gone and we've evangelized and we've brought people into his church. That's what we want to see. And our roles in making that happen will be different. We won't be all the same as God will use us according to our gifts. That, that, that's what will happen. But we all come under the umbrella of the one commission, the same commission to make disciples. And in Christ, we don't do this alone, but he gives us his Holy Spirit. The same spirit that lives in him, that lives in him, lives in us as well, that we can go to the nations. You know, I just want to share a little testimony, even in my own family. Even in my own family, the gospel on my father's side has prospered because someone decided to step up to the call of making 
disciples of the nations. In the 70s, a group of American missionaries, part of the WEC establishment, there are some people from WEC here as well, um, and they, they made a decision that they wanted to share the gospel with people around the world. And an elderly white couple from this organization called Mr. and Mrs. Summers, in particular, they felt called to the city of Wolverhampton in the UK. And they especially wanted to witness to the Asian community in there. And over the years, they set up a Bible bookshop and a church as a way to reach out to the local community there. And one day, a young lady walked into their Bible bookshop and, and she came in, she wasn't doing great in her life. And she says, do you do palm readings here? And they, they looked at her and they says, no, no, we don't do palm readings here, but we can tell you about Jesus. And they, they, they shared the gospel with her. You know, that person was my auntie, my dad's older sister, and she, she gave her life to Jesus all those years ago. And from there, she became a devout follower of Christ. She was baptized and then she was ordained as a pastor. And in the years to come, she shared the gospel with the people in her family, you know, her brothers and sisters. And one of those people was me as well. She told me about Jesus. Now, most of you know my story. I didn't become a, a, a follower of Jesus properly, really, until, until about five years ago. It was only later on in my years that I became a follower of Christ. And she passed away by then. But I believe, you know, what, what she said to me was planted a seed in me. She planted a seed is what's being shown now, which is what is what happening now in my life. She did something. She shared the gospel with people in her family, and it had an effect. And I look back and I think, you know, wow, thank you, God. Thank you for those American missionaries that stood out, that wanted to make a difference in the nations, that, were, that felt called to the city of Wolverhampton. If you've been to Wolverhampton, you know, you have to feel called to go to Wolverhampton. You know, it's an okay place, don't get me wrong, but yeah, you must hear, you, God must be saying to you, Wolverhampton, every syllable correct. This is where you need to go. And I think, thank God that they responded to the call. They had a heart to reach out to the nations. And the work they did, they didn't even know fully what that was going to do. They didn't know that there would be a generation affected because of that. It was beyond their understanding. And my point is simply this. You never know what God can do if we step up to the commission. If we step up to the mission that God has given us, to, to make disciples of all nations. You may share the gospel with people you never would normally interact with, but you can completely change their path in life. You could change their generations upon generations because you stepped out to share Jesus with them. Can I invite the band up, please? I thank God that those American missionaries didn't turn my auntie away. They could have said to her, you know, you know we don't do palm readings here. Get away. You know, you, we don't want people like you in, in this place. This, you know, we don't want you. But no, what they saw was an opportunity. They saw someone who was lost, someone who was broken, and they shared the gospel with her, and they changed her life and many people's lives through it. It says this in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 to 20. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Wow. And you know, church, if we just take that seriously, that we know that, yes, we've been reconciled to God, but we've been called to be reconcilers as well, to reconcile other people of different backgrounds to him as well, that we can affect generations and not even be aware of it if we step up to the commission. 
The ministry of reconciliation is our responsibility. So remember, we are called to one mission in Christ. We're called, we're united in the mission in Christ. And let's be God's vessels and ambassadors. You know, it just got me thinking, we don't even need to fly overseas to see the nations. The nations are in this city, in your workplaces, in your schools, in your universities. There's a whole host of people who don't know Jesus yet. And maybe God is just asking you to step up and say, you know, will you share Jesus with the nations? Will you share Jesus in the setting that you're in? And maybe you could impact and change someone's journey. Maybe they could come to know Jesus and their life can be completely transformed. Let's witness to the people around this church, wherever that is for you. Saying Christ, as I sum up, we are one with God. We're united with him through Jesus. We are united with his members and we're called to be united in one mission. Why don't we all bow our heads as I just do a word of prayer for us as we celebrate what God is doing in our church and in the nations. Jesus, I thank you that you've come, Lord, and you've brought us near to God. We thank you, God, that, that you've chosen us, Lord. And Lord, that there is now unrestricted access, that grace has been extended to people of all nations and all backgrounds. And Lord, I pray today, Lord, as we come and we celebrate and we look at the different nations, Lord, that represent even in our church here at CLM, God, well, may we see, Lord, that you, your intention, that you wanna to add to this, that God, we don't wanna stay where we are, but Lord, we're looking to, to, to see more people come into your church. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of your gospel. Thank you for the new identity that we have in you that helps us, God, not just to, to be more like you, Lord, but to even show your message, give your message to the people around us. Lord, in our workplaces, Lord, in the places that we see ourselves today, God, wherever we find ourselves, God, would you empower us afresh to be ministers of your gospel, that we would have a missional focus to share your good news with all the people, Lord, all people of different nations, people of different backgrounds. And Lord, I pray, Lord, even in our unitedness as a church, Lord, if there is anything, Lord, that inhibits us, that, that is dividing us, Lord, we pray, break down those walls. Break down the walls of hostility, Jesus, that we would remember that we're one body, called to one purpose, called to be united, Lord. We're diverse, but we're one people. And Lord, that when we see that, Lord, where we see unity, Lord, then, then Lord, you will command a blessing and there will be fruitfulness to come for many years, Lord, from our church. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Amen.